Hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. We are back after a bit of a break, and I am excited to be doing so and really pumped about the guest today, a friend of mine, a guy that I uh, really admire, a phenomenal e-commerce business owner. He's very connected in the community. He knows e-commerce inside and out. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by Zipify and Zipify Pages. If you are on Shopify, you need to check out Zipify Pages. It's an easy to use, customizable, drag and drop landing page builder. So now you can take your best marketing ideas, things you learn from the podcast, things you learn from Ezra Firestone, and utilize those in drag and drop fashion using Zipify Pages. Also check out one-click upsells, visit zipify.com. Today I've got with me JD Krause, and he's the co-founder and co-owner of Boulder Band, which you're going to hear all about. Phenomenal company. I love the branding behind it, the story behind it. Uh, he's also more affectionately called the queso grande or the, uh, <laughs> the, the big cheese uh, for the for the company. So, JD, welcome to the show, man. Really excited to have you here. Hey, Brett. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And so 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 tell us, is there any special story behind the queso grande or you just felt like that sounded right? Well, I borrowed it from a guy that uh, used to um, lead mission trips. They they were actually full time missionaries um, in uh, Juarez, Mexico, All and right. and uh, he referred to himself as the big cheese, the queso grande <laughs> in Juarez, and I uh, love it. And did a lot of stuff with orphanages and stuff like that. And uh, Nolan uh, Shockey is his name, and just a wonderful big, burly, blonde headed. Uh, guy and uh, when we started, when we started Boulder Band, I uh, I just I've never wanted to take myself too seriously, and so rather being the uh, CEO or the president or the vice president or whatever, I'm just like I'm going to be the queso grande. I'm the yep. big cheese, yep. and and everybody needs they need to know that I'm the big cheese, but uh, they can also kind of laugh about it. So yeah, I <laughs> love it. It's it's. It's it's playful, but yet it still does position you as the as the CEO and as the leader. And so yeah, I like it, man. In fact, you're, you've inspired me. I've got to come up with some kind of a cool name for myself, <laughs> other than CEO of OMG Commerce, which is just kind of run of the mill. Uh, but if you would, oh, and also I forgot to mention, uh, JD is the host of E Commerce in the Trenches, one of my new favorite podcasts, uh, all about <laughs> just like it says, E Commerce in the Trenches. So check that out. I think you're gonna like it. Uh, but let's let's dive in. So so JD, if you would kind of give us the background, what is Boulder Band, and then if you could kind of share the genesis story. You know, how did you guys get in the business? When did you know you you had something? You know, that the marketplace really wanted. Um, so yeah, tell us about Boulder Band. Absolutely. Well, I can't really take a lot of credit for the beginning of Boulder Band. It was all my wife. Uh, the idea was just dropped in our lap. Um, she had had frustration. She, she says that she has this crazy blonde hair and, um, and everything, every headband that she had ever tried, big name ones that we would all know, uh, I'm just going to say them like Lululemon, uh, uh, Nike, Under Armour, uh, all of them, they would just pop right off of her head and they're kind of the one size fits most model. You right, know? right. Um, and, uh, and so 
she went to the Boulder Boulder in Boulder, Colorado, uh, over Memorial Day in 2013 and ran with a bunch of friends. And she got inspired up there to uh, come up with a headband that would stay on her head. And she she runs and she was doing CrossFit, still does. Uh, and she came home. I was at a friend of mine's birthday party uh, in Colorado where we live in uh, Canyon City uh, where we lived at the time. And when I got home, I heard this weird noise and it was a noise that I'd never heard before and kind of a humming and a rumbling. And I was like, it kind of sounds like a sewing machine, but I, you know, <laughs> but it, it can't be a sewing machine. It can't be a sewing machine. We've been married 15 years and I had never heard a sewing machine go off in our house. Lo and behold, I come around the corner and uh, Amy with our good friend, Debbie, are prototyping a headband and they they got inspired amy got inspired and came up with a pattern and she made some out of, literally out of fabric that she bought at uh, michael's a little fabric shop yep and yep. one thing led to another she started giving them out to her friends getting feedback getting you know tweaking the design the pattern the way that it tied in in the back the type of fabric the way that you cut it etc 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 uh, started buying fabrics that she thought were cute and fun and uh, fashionable. And when she got the design dialed in so the darn thing would stay on your head, then she began actually selling them out of the back of her car. And, you know, all great ideas begin out of the back of your car, right? I mean, like I, a I lot think of so. Like the, yeah. the kitchen, the garage, the back of the car, all really good entrepreneurial stories involve at least, you know, one of those, or in your case, multiple, sounds like. Absolutely. I think Ray Kroc, you know, he, wasn't he selling milkshake machines out of the back of his car? He was. He um, was or maybe, was, yeah. Yeah, that is Ray Kroc. Yeah, he stumbled onto McDonald's and, and ended up buying it and, and all of that. So, so I'm helping her at the dining room table, uh, putting, I don't even know that we had named them at that time. She could she could tell me, but uh, putting these headbands in cellophane bags that we bought at Michael's, and I was a Dollar Shave customer at the time. Are you familiar nice. with Dollar Shave? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know that was before years before they sold to Unilever for one billion dollars. But I was a huge fan of Dollar Shave, and. I'm, I'm, you know, you're always thinking, right, about recurring revenue models and, Absolutely. and, uh, and, and I had been just waiting for something I could really put all of my direct marketing, um, learning and, uh, experience to work. I had a small marketing agency at the time and we were doing social media management and local marketing and things, but I'd, I'd never really done e-commerce, never done physical products. And, I'm sitting there stuffing these things in the bags and I'm thinking dollar shave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking band of the month, headband of the month, dollar shave club. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Is this a subscription model right here? You know, right before our eyes. And so that night I told Amy, I said, you know what I really like about these headbands? She's like, what? And I said, you're actually making money. I mean, you're actually selling them. You know, you're yeah, not just giving yeah. them away. And she began that way, just giving them out, getting feedback and everything. Well, she was starting to sell a lot of these little suckers. And so... And, and just curious, so, so she would sell them out of the back of her, her car. Where, where was she selling them? Was she selling them at, at races or at events? Or or how, how was she doing that? I'm just purely curious. Just in town. Just 
yeah, just in town, just to her friends, her running nice. buddies, her nice. CrossFit buddies. All right. Yeah, Great. she ended up getting um, uh, Jen and Brian ended up allowing her to put them in the CrossFit gym uh, there in town, and and it was on the honor system. If you wanted a, a Boulder band, you you know put a few bucks in the in the can, and she would come back and replenish. And that's awesome. that's, that's how the thing began. Yeah, yeah, that's that's phenomenal. So so when did you start thinking? e-commerce. So obviously, I guess when, when you started to say, Ooh, you know, we could be like dollar shave club and this could be the, you know, the, the headband of the month club or something like that. Is, is that when you started to think e-commerce as well? It was. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I felt like we needed to do an event. Why in retrospect, I don't know, but it's just, you know, kind of the unanswered question of will a complete stranger buy this product? Um, because Amy, uh, my wife is amazing. I mean, she loves people. She genuinely cares about people. And she, if she believes in something, she can sell it. I mean, that's just all there is to it. And, and because she cares so much about people and, and they know that she's not trying to make a buck off of them um, and do something that would not be good for them, you know, she, she, I think that she has a lot of influence with her friends and, and acquaintances. And so, you know, it wasn't a surprise to me that she was able to sell a lot of these little boogers to her friends and uh, friends of friends uh, locally. So, yeah, I started thinking about e-commerce right away, but we signed up for a color run event, which cost 750 bucks to have a table, which was... That seems kind of high for a color run, but... Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, you know, we hadn't made more than 30 uh, boulder bands at, at any given time. And, and Amy quit manufacturing them. We had a good friend, Nancy Kizar, who has been a professional seamstress all her life. And, and Nancy looked at the product and looked at Amy and said, I'm in. And so Nancy began sewing them for us and really stepped up the quality, helped us get better quality fabric, uh, more professional finishes, et cetera. And we told Nancy, we have got to have 300 of these bands because there were 2,500 runners, 3,000 runners, something like that in Colorado Springs. And so we went up, uh, got up way early, 4.30 in the morning or something, drove up there, set up. We sold 10 boulder bands at that event. Oh, wow. And, and uh, everybody with us, Debbie was with us. Some other friends came up and they're just like, oh my gosh, this is, I guess this is, this is the end, huh? Yeah. And Amy and I, um, to, you know, for whatever reason, uh, just that pig headed persistence and, you know, never say die kind of yeah, <laughs> thinking. Yeah, you got, you uh, got to have some of that as an entrepreneur without, without a doubt. We opened a Shopify store. I was going to do something on uh, WordPress or WooCommerce because uh, a buddy of mine who was in the marketing company with me, Justin, uh, he knew WordPress inside and out. And luckily, my sister, uh, she used to be a uh, COO for a big e-commerce brand. She said, hey, there's this little uh, e-commerce a platform called Shopify. You ought to check it out. I hear good things about it. She had just spent 60 grand trying to get a site done uh, on uh, Drupal or Ruby on Re Ruby is what it was. Wow, and, wow. Uh, and, it, and it ended badly. And her and her, her partner ended up building a site, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we launched a Shopify store in seven days from deciding we want to do it to having pictures, photo shoot products on there and live in seven days. And that night, we sold some boulder bands to a complete stranger 
and I flipped out. It was <laughs> like one of, one of the best feelings in the world, right? Absolutely. And I came around the corner and Amy's folding clothes and I'm, and I'm just jumping up and down. I said, do you know this person? She goes, who is it? And I said, somebody just bought something. Do you know them? She's like, no. I'm like, are you sure you don't know them? Does somebody you know know them? Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't know them. And I go, this is a big deal. This is yeah, a really, really, really yeah. big deal. People and, actually want this. Yeah. So that's that's how the whole thing uh, kind of came to be. Gotcha. And so now you you want so seven days from from idea to getting photos and getting the whole Shopify store launched. You guys won an award for that. So that was what, 2014. Talk about what that award was from Shopify and what did that mean for your business? Sure. So uh, in 2014, uh, Shopify has a really great uh, contest. Uh, it's called the build a business competition. And it's the rules vary from year to year. I haven't actually kept kept up with it really, really good. But that year, any or in a given three month time period, any any three months within the nine months the contest was live, I think was the general uh, rules. Uh, whoever sold the most, generated the most revenue through their Shopify store, uh, if they had launched their store uh, after. I think the the first of June in 2013, and then the thing shut down the last day of June of of 2014. I think that was the general uh, parameters. Um, whoever basically did the most revenue in any three month uh, time frame uh, won the competition. And there were eight or ten categories. The largest of which, which was our category, was uh, apparel. And so uh, 23% of all revenue represented in, in all of the categories in the competition was in the uh, apparel category, which we... So you were up against some pretty stiff competition then. Yeah, we were and some, some really great brands. And we, my sister again, she goes, hey, you guys, ought to, you guys ought to sign up for this thing. You never know. And I'm like, there is no way. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Amy and I are, are like, we're not doing that. That sounds silly. Like, we're just trying to figure out how to make these headbands right, and right. sell a few. And again, I, sh I should have given Sid, my sister, a commission because <laughs> she'll bring that up if she listens to this. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. But, um, you know, to her credit, we signed up not even thinking about it, not even not even thinking there was a chance. And lo and behold, uh, 2014 comes around and, you know, we're selling to 300,000 plus a month in Boulder bands and we're breaking every system, every, every software, every, almost every app that we plug in, uh, because we have a, we have a $15 product. Brett. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of orders going through. And so we got on Shopify plus and, and the platform has just been fantastic. So um, yeah, we won the build a business. They Shopify took such great care of us. They flew us to New York City. Uh, we got to go to Huffington Post and be in their boardroom and ask their executives like what they're doing and how they're doing content and how they how they think about the future of information and news and stories. And um, we got to go out to dinner. We uh, the coolest thing was one whole day um, we got to interact with mentors. Our mentor was Damon John and he had oh, wow. his yeah, huge, had huge his, Shark Tank fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we spent, I think, two and a half hours with him and his head of business development and head of licensing. And they were they were just 
I mean, just like you and I talking right now. Okay, how do you feel about this? What do you th- what do you guys see about that? He he just he just gave me some insight into that whole world, and how very very difficult it is for a small brand. And uh, I got to hang out with somebody that I very much respected and also also hated Tim Ferriss because <laughs> he wrote that dang book for our work week yeah, and, I, yeah. and I told him about it. You know, we were just, I hung out with him for 45 minutes, kind of in a group. And I just said, I got to tell you that, that book messed me up. Like, I don't really know <laughs> if, if I really like you. And I'm sure it's a millionth time he's heard that, you know? Yep. Yep. But he was gracious and, and nice. And, I'm, I'm assuming that drew a laugh from him. He at least was amused oh, it, by that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. sure. Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Man. Um, uh, we, uh, it's like a dream, dream come true, man. All of those people I would have loved to have loved to meet and hang out with. That's awesome. Gary actually was Amy's favorite, uh, even though he dropped about 30 F-bombs on us. Um, he <laughs> yeah. was he was like dialed in. Yeah. You know, there was it was like there was nobody else there. He was very present. He was very uh, gracious. He was very um, adamant about certain things one of which is connecting, staying connected with your tribe, making yeah, sure that you do. Yeah. And, uh, and then we got to meet Salita Ebanks, who was wonderful. Just her and Amy hit it off. I don't know if you know who she is. I did not. No, I did not. The, I did not. Yeah, but, she uh, kind of became famous for uh, being a Victoria's Secret model and wearing the uh, million-dollar diamond-studded uh, oh, bra. gotcha, gotcha. Dude, and that's, she uh, was, that's crazy. Yeah. She actually, after the event, she posted an Instagram video with a boulder band on and her no way. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And then there were some other people, uh, but it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. I couldn't say enough about Shopify because for them to create that environment for us to be able to interact and just hang out with those uh, individuals yeah. uh, was really special. Ezra Firestone was there. and Yeah, um, yeah. Ezra's and- a good, good friend of mine, good friend of the show. Yeah, great guy. And I think that speaks one to the power of, of Shopify and how many people believe in the platform, believe in the brand. Tim Ferriss is an investor. Also, his podcast is one of my all-time favorites. He just always brings on Great guest. And, I, and I'll echo what you said about Gary V. I, I think, you know, he is a little, some people don't know how to take him because he does use, uh, you know, profanity like an art form. It's just kind of who he is and, and how he grew up and all that. But he genuinely cares about people and he he's passionate about business. And the guy just, he knows social media, he knows business. And uh, and I love what you said about him being present. That's pretty, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, um, he was. So very cool. So let, let's talk about this because I know this is the question. This is the question that's blowing up in my mind and I, I know everyone else is thinking too. So uh, we heard the story. You sold a few Boulder Bands, 10 at an event. Uh, you launched on Shopify, sold some to somebody that you did not know. And then the next, you, we fast forwarded and you're doing 200000 a month in, in you know your average order value or, or these new Boulder Bands are $15 a piece. So what what channels did you use? I know you're a marketing guy, so that that had to help. But what channels did you use? How did you really propel the brand forward so quickly? Well, in our uh, small marketing company, Brett, we we were managing some social media profiles for brands, and uh, most of them were uh, tourist attractions in Colorado. And I, I I learned we did that a couple couple years two or three years. And one of the things that I learned was that social media um, is a content consuming monster. Uh, the internet uh, is a is a 
content consuming machine. And if we were going to uh, effectively connect with people, we needed to commit to uh, uh, photography, uh, videography, telling our story, uh, and being just ever persistent, just being unashamed about posting. And so on the what what would be called the organic side of things, um, I just knew that I needed to commit to eight to 12 Facebook posts a day. And we did that for about three years. Wow. And, and I, I did, and I'm not taking credit for it, but I, I actually did the heavy lifting on most of that. We had, I hired a, a wonderful graphic designer who's still with us, Courtney, uh, and then Joelle, she trained Joelle and we have Jeff Shane, who's got a, he's just an amazing photographer. I call him the mountain goat. Cause if I say, Hey Jeff, would you climb up that tree and hang upside down and get, <laughs> yeah. put, put your, put your life at risk and go get this awesome shot. You, you bet. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And, uh, anyway, so, so we knew that we needed to create unique, um, proprietary, like our own content. We just, we had to, I, I just felt very, very strongly, uh, about that. And so we did. And Gary, uh, Gary V would be amening that right now. That, that is, that is, you're speaking his language for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so now let me tell you, it's expensive. It's, it's not easy. It gets, uh, daunting. It will wear you down. Uh, it's miserable at times, uh, you know, especially Amy, uh, my wife is the face of the company. It's, it's her story and, and we've made her the star and, you know, at times, matter of fact, right now, she's not one of those people that go on social media, take a picture of her food and yep. she's just not wired. She, she that doesn't way. have any so, Kardashian in her. <laughs> she does. She's got zero Kardashian in her. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, you know, in retrospect, was it the right thing? Absolutely. Is there a price? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think it just goes back to, you know, the fact that you talk about on your podcast, we talk about it here as well. To succeed in e-commerce, it takes real work. Like it's it's hard work to, to do social well. You have to be authentic and you need to have your own images and your own videos. And and you're posting eight to 12 times a day. That's That's phenomenal. Um, but you got to do it. And, and, and I, I, I do agree. And I know I'm sure you're going to get to this point too, with, with the podcast or other thing you're doing, you know, that, that can become a grind as well. It's really fun. It's rewarding, but it can be a grind. I'm sure that's what Amy's experiencing as the, uh, the face of the brand and, you know, all, always being on, Absolutely. so to speak. So, um, so you're doing all this organic social. Was there anything else you did? Were you guys running, running a lot of Facebook ads or social ads or layering anything in at this point, or was it mainly organic social? I wish I could tell you it was all organic and that it was free traffic, but that's uh, that would be a lie of yeah. epic proportion. Yeah, that, that usually <laughs> that doesn't really happen anymore, and not even probably in 2014 with with Facebook. Yeah, so we did get a lot of great uh, organic engagement, and uh, fortunately, we were, um, you know, one of the. I don't know about first because I, I don't I don't know that I've ever been first, but um, you know we were an early adopter of the Facebook advertising platform, and um, and so when I when I realized I was running ads for a period of time by myself, and when I realized that um, I could put a dollar in and get three or four dollars back out, 
um, I realized very quickly that that's a direct marketer's dream. Absolutely. And that's what we did. We, we just continued to reinvest uh, as quickly as we could. You know, um, we, were, we were making 2,000 boulder bands a day. And we went from Amy sewing them in our dining room to uh, about one year later, we had a team of 60, uh, some part-time, uh, some full-time seamstresses. Only about four had ever really sewn before. And uh, they were outsourced, they, but they were local. They were in Canyon City and Nancy, to her credit, and her, her, her son, Wyatt, they trained them up and got them up to speed and had quality control. And, and uh, we just grew very, very fast. And uh, by reinvesting those dollars, my goal was to grow fast because we didn't we didn't have a patentable product. Right. We did. Right. We did not have a wide moat full of sharks around our business. And so my goal was to just go fast and take all the oxygen out of the market. I yep. wanted to take yep. um, I just I just wanted to run faster than anybody else. And uh, and we did that. And but there was a price. To, and I and I can share with you a little bit about that. I uh, I think you're maybe going to ask me uh, down the road, or maybe now's a great time to talk about. Yeah, that yeah. Actually, now now's a good time. I mean, if you want to get into that, and I'd also I think one of the questions that a lot of e-commerce companies have is, you know, where where do we choose to manufacture our product? And so mm-hmm. you guys chose to to manufacture right here in the U.S. the production facility right there in your in your hometown or where you were living at the time, and and you knew the the people that kind of ran that. A lot of people choose to manufacture overseas. So do you want to talk about that decision really quickly? Why, why did yeah. you decide to make it in the, in the U.S.? I believe in Made in America. I'm not, I'm not so naive to think that um, most all of the apparel that we buy, I don't even, it's hard to find Made in America apparel. And it's because textile mills have been shut down and, and cut and sew facilities have been shut down, you know, in droves over the last 20 years. So um, it was going against the trend, but it was very self-serving why we did it. It, it, it was, yes, uh, to beat on the Made in America, you know, um, mantra, but it was also we, uh, we didn't have the capital nor the desire to have 2,000 black boulder bands. Uh, and right. I mean, we had, I mean, at one time we had... T- 250 maybe different designs. Wow. Uh, you know, 60% of what we carry, Amy has co-created with them. We've got some wonderful graphic designers that come up with the come up with the fabric designs. And so we wanted to be able to go uh, uh, manufacture short runs of things. And we needed to turn around a prototype quickly. Yep. And yep. so we, we have a system now where we can come up with a design idea, get it to our uh, fabric printer, um, which is on the East Coast, uh, they can print a sample, they can overnight it to us. We can look at sizing, look at orientation, look at all the, you know, all the things that Amy, that are important to her and give it the thumbs up or send it back with changes. And literally from the idea of a fabric design to a finished product that is on our site and we are selling, uh, we can do that in, in, if we hurry it, we could do it in four weeks. If it takes a little while, we can do it in six weeks. Well, if you now, now that's expensive. Like right, our cost right. of goods, Brett, are are uh, three times as much as yes, what they would be yes. in China. 
Yep. Okay. They they are. They're three times as much. But in China, you uh, the lead time sometimes is ninety days on soft goods. Maybe not. Um, and you've got to order two thousand, three thousand, four thousand per skew. Right. Per color. Uh, yeah. and, and per color and. It's it's just a model that that just didn't work for us. It didn't yep. work for the type of business that we were wanting to create. Yep, that totally makes sense. And I think that that's how people have to look at it. It wasn't it wasn't just that you had a soft spot in your heart for Made in the USA and you and you believed in that, which I'm glad you do, and I think that's great. But it was also a business decision that hey, we we're going to survive based on having things that are creative and that are fashionable and that the women want to wear. And we need to turn around fast. And so the only way we can do that is if we we're running the, the show on the production side. Hey, Brett Curry here. A quick note from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to the episode. So our primary underwriter is OMG Commerce, the company that I'm the co-founder and CEO of. And as many of you know, we are a Google premier partner. And in 2016, we were one of the fastest growing premier partners in the entire world. Very proud of that. And so we build full funnel campaigns for e-commerce companies. So search, shopping, video, display campaigns, we build those out. It is now time to get ready for the holidays. And so I've got two free offers for you, a resource and then an offer. And let me talk about the, the resource first. So we just recorded a webinar with our two Google reps. So our two reps flew into our headquarters here in Springfield, Missouri. We recorded a webinar, the ultimate guide to holiday prep. We talk about campaign structure. We talk about smart bidding. We talk about budgets. We talk about feed readiness and a host of other things, some new stuff coming from Google. It's a fantastic webinar. If you'll go to omgcommerce.com forward slash learn, you'll see a link to download that webinar. I suggest you check it out, share it with your team completely free of charge. The other thing is we would love to schedule a strategy session with you. So if you feel like your campaigns are not quite ready for the holidays, we'd love to schedule a strategy session, look at how your full funnel approach is looking right now, provide suggestions, provide feedback, and potential ways we could help. So if you'd like to schedule that strategy session, go to omgcommerce.com, click on get started, and there'll be a form there to schedule a strategy session. Love to connect with you. And with that, back to the episode. Um, let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about growth because this is something, it's so interesting you know, I think I think where whatever stage you're in in business, you're, you're just hoping and wishing that you're at the next stage. You know, so if you're if you're not growing fast enough, you're just man, I wish I could grow as fast as Boulder Band is growing. Um, but you know, growth creates its own challenges. And um, so, talk about that. Talk about some of the the challenges you experienced in growth. And and you know, you mentioned that it came at a cost. Uh, talk about that a little bit, and then and any takeaways from that. Any advice you would give to other other merchants because of that. Absolutely. Well, as I said a minute ago, uh, we wanted to grow fast because it was it was one of the things that would give us a competitive advantage. There were there were a couple headband companies that were on Facebook and that were advertising, and um, we you know we really got aggressive, and we weren't going after them. We were just telling our own story. We were running our own race, and we were running really fast. Um, and so the price that cost was uh, several things in retrospect, uh, one of which 
when we did three and a half million dollars our first year in business. That is so phenomenal. We went, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately we had a, you know, a product that didn't take up a lot of space. Fortunately we were able to, I mean, I love fixing problems. I think that's one of the things that, um, that really gets me going is just, okay, there's a problem. Let's fix it. Um, and, and Amy is fantastic when, uh, when there's a system in place and just, you know, she's, she's very creative. She, on the design side, she has a great eye for things. And then on the business side, she, she's good. Like, you know, she slow and steady wins the race is something that she always says, like, tell me what to do, show me the system and then just let me plug into that thing and, and hunker down. And, and so we complement each other well. And, uh, and it was like, you know, our hair was on fire a little bit because we had never done this before. I mean, we had never grown something like this. And so we were hiring people and throwing bodies at problems. And, (laughs) and, and we had wonderful people, friends of ours, lots of them. And we were firing some of them and walking through those relationships, which by the grace of God, I think most of them are still intact. That's great. Um, That's great. and, And, and some of the relationships I really botched up. I mean, you know, when you're growing and there's problems and, and you're you're wanting to sell more stuff and ship more stuff like I got pretty demanding and pretty grouchy at times, you know, and I was kind of a jerk sometimes. And uh, and so some of those relationships got a little bit damaged. But um, so so it comes at a cost. And I, I've actually <laughs> doing e-commerce in the trenches. I've gotten to talk to other business people like yourself and, and really talked about growth and, uh, every business is different. The cost of goods, the, you know, the administrative costs, the overhead and all that kind of stuff, but their business is business. And I've just kind of realized that we may have been our own worst enemy growing that fast. Um, cause what it did is we, we built up our overhead. We, we expanded into a 6,000 square foot building, which was really inexpensive for, uh, the, the facility that we had, but we, we ended up getting our fixed expenses to a point where we had to generate you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a month, uh, in order to, to, to make everything work and be profitable. Um, here you are looking around going, Oh my goodness, how did I get here? How did we end up with so much, uh, so much weight, so much overhead. And I mean, these are people that our kids go to school together. Our kids go to church together. We attend church together. We have been lifelong friends and some of them, I, I had a CFO who left a, a, a very good position to come be CFO for us. And uh, he saw the writing on the wall, but that still was a really difficult conversation tough, to have. Tough, and, yep. And, and thankfully, you know, it all worked out. He got another great job and he's, you know, we're friends to this day. And But <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. And it, anybody who not, tells you- man. It's it differently is hasn't done. They, it. they have not done it. They have not walked in in those shoes. And and so yeah, what's interesting? I, I think there's a real blessing and a curse to hiring people you know and to hiring family or friends. And 
you know, we, we mentioned Ezra Firestone before, a good friend of mine. I, I got to hang out at his place a couple of weeks ago, working on a couple of projects together, but he's a huge believer. I mean, he hires friends, family, and, and it works and it works well. Um, but I mean, you have to kind of, I think the key is you have to set expectations ahead of time of here's what we're looking for. Here's what's going to have to happen if either you find it's not a good fit or we find it's not a good fit. And, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta protect the relationship above all else. Um, but yeah, it makes it, it makes it tough to go in and, and fire a, a friend, um, for sure. So what, one of the things that I think maybe the smartest thing that I did in, in that whole hiring aspect is at the, at the time that we were going to make them an offer. Every single person didn't matter who they were. I said, look, we are a startup. Even though we've been in business two years, even though we were doing great things, we are a startup. And I'm just telling you right now that there is nothing that is guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. And if and if this business changes, you might not have a job. Right, right. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, the, it's kind of like the opposite of, of, you know, what well-established good businesses say, they're exactly. like, you know, you're going to have security. We've been in business for 80 years, blah, blah, yeah, blah. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm setting expectations. that says you're going to work really hard. The holidays are going to suck because we're, we're doing black Friday, cyber Monday, and we're going to have orders to fulfill out of our ears. And if you're not willing to clean the toilet, um, you're probably not a good fit here. We, we would say those kinds of things. And, to their credit, people would be like, sign me up. It sounds fun, you know, and yep, yep. <laughs> for the most part, it was. But that's, that's laying down the, the challenge. And if you lay the challenge down to the right person, they're going to jump on it. Not everyone's, you know, made for the startup lifestyle or pace of work. But those that are, you know, they get excited by it. So um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. So so that's that's kind of looking at the challenges of growth and, and, you know, how do we deal with going from no overhead to massive overhead and then just all the things that go with it. But talk a little bit about competition, if you would, because you know, this is something we see all the time. You know, like we mentioned on the podcast, our our core business is really Google traffic. So search, shopping, YouTube. We also do a lot on Amazon. So managing sponsored product ad campaigns, really getting people to ramp up there. And we, we see it in both environments, but uh, Amazon is kind of more pronounced. Like if you find a product that you can sell and you make money on with Amazon, you will be copied and knocked off and you will have competitors lining up in droves to try to unseat you and, and take your sales. So, um, and I know, I know you guys have experienced all kinds of stuff as far as competition goes, but talk about how the competition has evolved a little bit since you started and, and how have you guys addressed that? Well, I think first it, it's important, uh, and, and Amy and I have had this conversation multiple times. It's important for us to realize, look, we did not invent the headband. Uh, we were not first in the world to come up with this piece of fabric that slips on your head and soaks up the sweat and looks cool and all of that and holds the, holds the hair out of your face, right? Um, and so, and, and we also live in the greatest country in the world, I believe, and uh, capitalism is a big part of it, which is there's free enterprise, yep, made yep. the best man, Absolutely. made the best man win, you know? And so look, we, we just need to understand. My father-in-law is a real estate guy. And he used to say when they would build a house that the people that were there before the new houses came in would really complain. You took my view, it's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, everybody wants to shut the door right behind them right after they come in. And so 
uh, <laughs> you know, no more headbands. I'm in. We're selling now, and nobody else come up with another great idea or, or yeah, you know, just, make just it delusional better. thinking. Yeah, yeah, if you want to yeah. do that. But it's easy to fall into that. Like we're so fantastic. Look at us, you know, and and nobody else is, and that's just not the truth. There some wonderful competitors out there. Uh, Junk Brands uh, is a headband company that I really like. Um, I have I have visited with uh, the co-founder, the husband. They, they have a husband and wife company, much like ours, and they're really sharp and they, they do some really cool things. Uh, they're big in the CrossFit community. Um, and, and there's Hippie Runner, which is a, a, a very inexpensive, um, and, and I don't feel bad about talking about them. I yeah, mean, like yeah. our competitors, which um, I, I applaud you for, because most people wouldn't name their competitors most likely in an interview. So, so yeah, uh, that's impressive. Yeah. Hippie runner is, uh, very similar to our design. They were around before we were, we didn't know who they were and they've done a, they've done a pretty darn good job on Facebook. I think, uh, they have, um, they have a very different kind of presentation. Uh, if you go to, if you go to live events, you'll just, you know, you, You'll see piles of headbands uh, there on the table, and they're they're five six bucks a piece. Um, but they do a good job, you know. They 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 know their audience, and they're uh, they're just they speak differently. All of our bands are wrapped uh, in in a plastic um, protective you know um, package, so that so that in shipment or in you know. Uh, before we actually sell it to the end consumer, it's not, it's going to be, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be clean and nice and all that kind of stuff, but they, they just have a different model. Right. Um, and w one of the things that we realized is, look, if you get a boulder band, you're going to realize if you have any sewing chops, you can disassemble it and create your own. Um, it's, it's not rocket science. So, uh, there have been some enterprising individuals who who have done that. There have been people that have completely knocked off our site from the sizing chart, which nobody ever had a sizing chart to our knowledge. Um, you know, our competitive advantage has been we guarantee our headband to stay on your head because that's the whole reason it was created. Right. And if right. it doesn't stay on your head, we're going to give you your money back. First, we're going to get we're going to send you another size or two. Like the the main objective is we want you to be able to wear a boulder band. If you haven't been able to wear a headband, we're your company and it's going to look great and it's going to work. It's going to keep the hair out of your face and it's going to keep the sweat out of your eyes. So if you can't get the sucker to stay on. Uh, we want to fix that. That's yep. why we're in business, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, and so it was frustrating to see companies, uh, you know, copy our sizing chart, copy our about us. I mean, there was a couple of them that took Amy's about us and word for word, except for it was about them, but it was like, they didn't wow. even change it. Shameless. And yeah, shameless. And like no creativity, like no, no pride. I mean, golly, you know, and so those companies, a couple of them aren't around anymore. A couple of them are still around. Um, one of them is still kind of kicking around, but you know, we speak to, a uh, you know, a specific type of, of woman, uh, Amy, Amy speaks directly to her and, uh, there's room, you know, there's room in the market to sell other headbands. Amazon for us has not been very, a very good channel at all. Uh, for, for all that Jeff Bezos talks about being consumer centric, 
Um, my opinion is they make it really easy for consumers to ask for a refund. They really don't care about the ultimate satisfaction of the end consumer. They, they just make it easy for people to return the stuff. And so if you're, if you're a one size fits all kind of a product, um, either it works or it doesn't, it's a, is that a binary? You're a kind of a, yep. Yep. Yeah, guy. it is binary. Yeah, absolutely. On or off. Yeah, it's binary. Or either yes or no. On, on or off, then then your product, I think, is, you know, if you're willing to roll up your sleeves, hire OMG to run ads on Amazon, make sure that your listings are optimized and all of that, I think Amazon is okay. Um, but uh, for us, we want to lead with our story. Why did it, why did, why is Boulder Band in existence and what's the benefit to the customer and why, why are you able to deliver on that benefit, on that promise, on that brand promise? And oh, oh, by the way, if that brand promise isn't being delivered upon, which happens, you know, about less than 1% of the time, um, statistically for us. Uh, then, then we want to hear from you. Like, please call us. Here's my cell phone. Here's Amy's cell phone. Please email us. Like, like we have three chat support people on staff. Uh, we did. We have had it at, at different times, and we we're going to answer the phone. I mean, as you can tell, I'm jaded and opinionated, um, but it's the antithesis of really wanting to genuinely connect with your audience and with your customers. I think Amazon is the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at, you know, when, when Bezos talks about being customer centric, I, I think they're relentless about getting lower cost, easier ordering, easier returns, more selection, faster shipping, things like that. But yeah, really connecting with a customer or, or getting this rich experience or, or getting, you know, education mixed in with the product. That's, that's not their thing. And so I think that's how, you know, a company like Boulder Band, where you guys have this compelling story and, and you're reaching a different type of woman who, who's not looking just for the cheapest, but they're looking for something that actually works and that fits and a brand they can kind of connect with. Uh, you know, that that's that's kind of your your audience. And so one of the things I want I want to uh, kind of talk about when it comes to competition, I think you have to have this mindset. And obviously, you guys are paying attention because you, you know, all these competitors, and if someone's knocking you off, I mean, you have to look at what actions and what options you should take. Um, the, the nice thing is you don't seem to me to be consumed by the competition. I think some people are and especially some early entrepreneurs are consumed by the competition and almost debilitated by the competition. They get so emotionally entangled in that and kind of this, how could they do that? You know, um, mm -hmm. I think you have to expect it and you have to take the right action. And then you have to just relentlessly build your brand and your community so that people want you and want your, your story, your authentic story and, and your product. Um, <laughs> anything you'd add to that? Well, <laughs> I wish that I, I could tell you that when it was all happening that I wasn't, <laughs> that I didn't get distracted, <laughs> right, right. you know, uh, you know, Amy wanted to fly up there and give him the what's I bet, uh, I bet. Yeah, understandable, um, totally understandable. You know, it, it took our eye off the ball. It, it, uh, we took our eye off the ball a little bit because of that. And I actually damaged some relationships at Shopify because I was, I was concerned that there was somebody inside of Shopify that was, that knew some of our numbers that the, the first one that we were made aware of was out of Toronto. And I'm just like, 
how how are these how do these guys know mm. um, what we're doing? And the build a business competition for all the wonderful things that we experienced, uh, I think brought a little bit of awareness to our right, brand right. to go Put, puts a bit um, of a target on you as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a target, and so we weren't re- prepared for that. Um, I mean, I I kind of was, but not to the extent that I think that it maybe eventually played out. But, you know, you live and you learn and just be who you are. And but but with that said, it was hard. Like it was super hard. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, yeah. something you've poured your heart and soul into and someone else just kind of hits the photocopy button. Oh, yeah, I'll do that, too. I'll take take all your stuff. so there's so, no, there's nothing original. There's nothing new under the sun. And true. that's the big, I mean, it, but it's so hard when you're, when you're in the trees, it's so mm-hmm. hard to have that mindset sometimes, yeah. but time, time helps with that. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. So just a couple of things and we're, we're running up against time has been phenomenal. Got, got time for a few more questions, but what, what advice would you give to someone? Like how, how does a merchant stay competitive one in, in an Amazon world, and, w- and whether you're selling successfully on Amazon or not, uh, still this is this is kind of an Amazon world. So how do we take that into consideration? And then how do you survive in this age of hyper competition? So how do you how do you you know defend your business and continue growing given the current economy? One of the things that's been um, really impressed upon me lately uh, is how can we drive deeper connections with our with our tribe, with our customers and with our audience who have yet to purchase. And um, I went to Austin last weekend. Uh, we actually went to uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines's uh, silos, the silobration um, up in Waco. And then, uh, but the day before I was in Austin and those two experiences, uh, the one in Austin, I went into the Peloton store, the cycling. Uh, yeah, yeah, store. sure. Yeah. And uh, and then Warby Parker was across the way is kind of a high end shopping center uh, up in it's an area called the Dominion. And there's a WeWork facility that I go in and work remotely sometimes. And we rode the bike and we talked to the sales gal and it was a showroom. Now, she was there selling the bike, no doubt about it, selling the bike and the subscription and all of that. But it it gave me such a favorable experience with that brand. Um, she offered us a beer and we're like, no, and offered us a water. We're like, yeah. And, and I'm out of shape. So I couldn't ride the darn thing very long. So I just, <laughs> Ian kept riding and I'm just drinking water, but, yeah. um, you know, how can we do that? Where, so my advice is, and I don't have it figured out, but to, to really have a business, we have, we have got to get out of the mindset of, uh, channel specific uh, and, and I'm actually, I have an, an interview coming up with, I'm going to tease to it just a little bit. Yeah, with Sa- yeah, do it. Uh, Sabir, who's the head of e-commerce for VaynerMedia. He works for Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, that's awesome. I'll definitely yeah. listen to that. Yeah, and, and and he and I had a had a call going over what we were going to talk about. And so it was something rattling around in my head, but I'm going to give him credit for it. Just getting away from channel-specific thinking or, you know, omni-channel or multi-channel or, you know, blended channels, whatever, and realize that people want to have an experience. And if they interact with your brand at a live event or in a brick and mortar setting, that that interaction had better be 
on point and yes. it had better be wonderful. And if they interact with you online, that interaction had better be on point and yes. it had better be wonderful. And so we're moving into such a blended world. You and I, we talked about it on our podcast yep. when yep. I viewed you, like this whole attribution, like who gets credit? Is it Google? Does Google get credit for that uh, sale? Does Facebook get credit? Does the email that was sent get credit? Does some mystical whatever get credit? Well, (laughs) I mean, the reality is we don't know how to attribute sales. And but it's the overall brand presence and it's the overall experience. If if OMG's running Google ads for me, it had better be in line with what I'm doing everywhere else. And 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 you know, in fairness. Google and you guys have experienced that your 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 team would would be the first to say, well, JD needs to you know he needs to drink his own medicine because for us Google is like the stepchild. It's the last thing that we update as far as when we roll out a promotion or whatever. It goes on site first, and then it typically goes in email, and then Facebook, and then down the road we'll right, make sure everything right. is congruent on yep. GDN and all that kind of stuff. And so it's hard. Like it's hard to be to be good at all of that and making sure it's one clean package. But my advice is figure out how you can create that environment that you're successful at online. And if you're primarily online, which we are, 98% of all of our sales are online, then how do we interact and put flesh and bone uh, to to the people that we want to touch? I love that. And I love what Sabir said about being on point and you know, really, I, going back to something you said a minute ago, which I thought was brilliant, where you talked about the core of your offering, that we are a headband that stays on. You know, if if you've had issues like you, like your wife Amy had, where the headband keeps coming off, we're, we're a headband that stays on. And so so knowing why you should exist. And I think that's something that, that e-commerce brands and, and companies have to ask, why do we exist? And and be be pretty brutal about that because the marketplace is going to be pretty brutal about whether they think you should exist or not, um, and, and and whether you know they're going to buy your your product. So um, so it's powerful, powerful stuff. I know we're we're kind of coming close to the end. What I'd like to maybe do to kind of wrap up any any takeaways from your podcast so far. So I think you're nine episodes in. I think I think my episode was one of the last ones, which is episode nine. So you're about nine episodes in or so. What have been some of the major takeaways? And it could be, you know, aha moments, brand new things. It could be just be, you know, you being reminded of old things, you know, but but what are two or three good takeaways from your your podcast so far? So if I could, I would like to I would like to give two big takeaways and then some just snippets of each of my interviews that yeah, might be beneficial. Yeah. And they're be just great. like super little quick things. So my two big takeaways are, uh, number one, it's really important to stop and listen to people who are uh, either a little bit ahead of you or a little bit behind of you, behind in business. This podcast has allowed me to slow down and learn from others who are much more successful. Uh, Brett Swenson, he he runs uh, acquisition for Purple, the mattress company. And they're, they are doing some things I've never even heard of, like YouTube takeovers where they take over YouTube, the video at the top of YouTube for a whole day for 24 hours yeah. um, 
for a, an awareness and acquisition uh, top of very top of funnel thing uh, to to other brands. Um, and, and so so that's a big thing It's just don't live in a silo. Don't <laughs> go down a rabbit hole and never come back up because there's things happening around and we don't always have to learn it the hard way. And that's my nature. Like, you know, I'll just beat my head against it. So that's number one. Number two, business is about relationships. Business is about people doing business with people. Maybe we'll tease your listeners to, you know, checking out my show. So if if you would allow me, um, are you cool with just let's do it, man. Let's do a quick rundown. Yeah, let's do it. So Gons Medina, he owns Blue Chip uh, Wrestling. Follow your passion. So Gons wrestled uh, D1 at, Pen- at uh, uh, University of Pennsylvania. Great guy, but he follow your passions. Uh, Halfton Hansen, uh, who is running Jens Hansen, which is his father's. His father started that company. Uh, how important quality, but then also favor a little bit of luck. Um, and their story is uh, their involvement with Lord of the Rings. His father, before he passed away, made the one ring in the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. So cool. So Yeah, cool. Tyler Howells of Cozy Earth talking about how important it is to go deep in sourcing when you source your products. Sheena Brady with Tease Tea, she's fantastic. Know your market and be persistent. John Dowdy for doing a, a product for humans, and they pivoted to equine. Uh, an equine product and the success that they've had has been fantastic. Mike, Mike Searles is a good buddy of mine, a mentor of mine, actually. And he talks he talks about the concept of being everywhere that toys are sold and how he does that. I love um, that interview, by the way. I really enjoyed that. Get a lot out of it. Yeah, he's great. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And Brett Curry, which is a super cool guy, if you don't know him. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite episode. It's so moving. <laughs> I listened to it again and again. Actually, <laughs> actually no, I didn't. But yeah. But. Uh, funnel thinking. I think my big takeaway from our conversation was thinking about your top, middle, and and end that conversion of the funnel and how you're moving people through that. I thought that that was a wonderful, insightful conversation. Brett Swenson with Purple, how to be funny and crush it with their uh, egg test and the 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 cheeky videos that they that they put out is is cool. I mean, honestly, every single interview that I've done have I've had two or three really great takeaways that I'm like, I'm going to apply that in my business. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to apply that into my relationship. So thank you for being self-promotion. Yeah, I think glad to do it. And and, and, uh, I do encourage people to check out the podcast. Did, Did I, did I hear that right? Did you have three Brett's in a row? Uh, was that, was that, was that intentional? What are, what are the odds? What are the odds? I think, I think I need to change my name because uh, in order to be successful and, and smart, I think you need to be named Brett. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've never, never heard that or thought that before, but that's uh, that's hilarious. So, uh, JD, well, this has been phenomenal, man. Love diving into the Boulder brand, Boulder band story. Excited to see what's next for you guys. Hope you just crush it this this holiday season. So, everybody, check it out, Boulder Band. Uh, my wife loves the product. My my daughters love your branding. I was going to mention they. You know, with each order, you send like these little these little cards and these little book book uh, uh, like little bookmarks or something. Anyway, there, there, there's some stuff hanging in my daughter, my 13 year old daughter's room. You know, it's talking about you know, be you, be bold, be strong, be you know, be proud. They they love that they love the brand. Cool. Uh, so Thank keep you. up, keep up the good work there. Check out e-commerce in the trenches as well. And with that, JD, man, thanks for coming on. It's been a ton of fun. Absolutely. Thanks, Brett. Yep. Thank you. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Let us know what you'd like to hear more of. Give us some topic ideas 
if you have them. Uh, also, uh, please leave us a review. That's a great way to help other people discover the podcast. Leave us that five-star review in iTunes. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.